everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Monday, the 14th of March, and uh, today is Mailbox Monday. It also happens to be the birthday of one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, my daughter, Summer. Summer, happy birthday. Spencer missed the shout out on the podcast because his birthday was yesterday. We've got a 13, 14 going on. In any event, we're going to have a great day here at the podcast, and I'm going to answer your questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so welcome to the show. For those of you who are new, Mondays are the day when I try to tackle audience questions. I've been doing this for about eight years, and uh, it really is one of my favorite things to be able to read through your off-the-bench stories, to read about what God is doing in your life, and we're going to do that today for about the next 15 minutes or so. I wanted to start by just reading it to you a little bit from 1 Peter chapter 3. So Peter knew a thing or two about what it meant to suffer for righteousness. And there are a lot of people in the world right now, and this is happening in every sphere of influence that I'm aware of, where people are trying to do good things and they're suffering for it. Let's see what the Apostle Peter had to say about this in First Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13. He said, now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? So I think he's asking at this point a rhetorical question. So he knows that if they step up and they say, I want to I want to step off of the sidelines and onto the front lines, off of the uh, bench and onto the battlefield, there's a very high possibility that they're going to be suffering for it. So he asks them a question. Uh, who would want to harm you if you'd want to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So he starts off by saying, really, people are going to harm you? And then he kind of like chuckles. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then he reminds them, even if you suffer. For doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So what does it mean, men and women, to worship Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life? Well, it means, for one thing, that we don't carry him around like a backpack, like an accessory to our life, and we take it off when it, when it feels appropriate, and we put it back on when... When it feels like, hey, it wouldn't be too bad right here. Like, I think Christians have been doing that in church now for a long, long time, right? We wear our, our, our Jesus accessory to church. But then when we leave the four walls of our church and we go into our job or we go out into the culture or we go to Safeway or we get on an airplane, then we, we, we put the backpack down and we pretend that we don't know Jesus, which frankly, Peter was very well aware of doing this. Remember, he was the one who denied the Lord Jesus three times. Jesus reminded him that that was going to happen and in fact, it did. And so this guy knows a few things about what it means to suffer for Christ. And he's saying, don't be afraid of their threats. Instead, worship Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. So Lord in every aspect of your life. He says, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. And then if people speak against you, they'll be so ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Wow. So how many of you would say that you have at least seen someone or maybe you've experienced yourself what it feels like to suffer for doing something that's wrong? I think we've all done that, right? We've all been in the position where we're like, well, I guess I had that coming, right? This is what we learned from our parents, uh, hopefully when we're growing up, that when we behave a certain way, that there are consequences that follow our actions. But what Peter is saying is, 
you are going to suffer for doing good. You're going to suffer regardless. It might as well be for the sake of righteousness. And so I want us to think about that as we sort of enter into our week together. I like to start off answering your questions. I'm looking at your questions right now here at Mailbox Money. Again, if you guys want to send them to me, you can shoot them up to me at Heidi St. John forward slash mailbox money. There's a form there. You can send me your off the bench stories. I'd love to hear how you guys are getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. And in fact, I'm going to read some of those for you right now. This one comes from Tiana in Michigan. She said, I found you toward the beginning of the fake-demic. Hmm. You guys coming up with all your words. Uh, the Rona, the scam-demic, all the things. I haven't heard fake-demic yet. That's the first time I've heard that. And I've listened to you regularly ever since. I'm a homeschooling mom of four, ages four to eight. Early in the fake-demic, I knew that while the virus was real, the way it was being dealt with was not right. My husband and I agreed from the start, no masks for any reason, and not once have we put them on. But as she says, no condemnation. I'm sure she might be talking about me who's had to wear them to get on airplanes. <laughs> Through the constantly changing mandates, he almost lost his job three separate times, each time giving him a termination date. God was faithful every time. My story started earlier this year when I was summoned for jury duty. We live in a small community in Michigan and that has a fairly tyrannical sheriff. And our courthouse has been closed due to non-mask wearers for the majority of the last two years. Long story short, when I showed up to jury duty, I continued to stand my ground, even when the officer on duty aggressively pushed a mask. He told me I was in contempt of court and the sheriff would be contacted to decide how my contempt of court plea would be addressed to write down my information and go to the courthouse immediately. Wow. Uh, this doesn't make me want to move to Michigan. That's for sure. Of course, you're like, probably don't want to move to Washington, Washington state either. The following hours were a bit nerve wracking. God took care of things. The courthouse administrator called, dropped the contempt of court charge, apologized for the experience and said to redirect the sheriff to him if I was contacted. God is so good and can see the bigger picture. I didn't know there was even a courthouse administrator position or that they would have authority over the sheriff or to drop a charge, but God knew. I didn't start a nonprofit. I haven't felt led to run for any positions locally or nationally, but it was a refusal to live by lies. And since listening to you, I joined the Women's Event Planning Committee for my church, which was a big step toward what I know God's been calling me to for a while now. Thank you for your encouragement and your obedience. Be blessed, Tiana. I love that, Tiana. And actually, you've highlighted something that I, I really believe here and have said for a long time. It's not so much about what we do, right? Uh, whether it's you start a nonprofit or you're uh, a podcaster or you're a homeschool mom or whatever it is, it's about obedience. And are we being obedient to the call of God in our lives. Paula in Texas. Heidi, I wanted to let you know that our school never did cave to the liberal left. We started our school without masks after taking a vote. Our superintendent's motto was faith over fear, and we now have monthly FCS meetings, and we are starting a Bible study in our school this summer. God is good, and other school districts are wanting to follow. We have been an example, and our kids are thriving because we listen to God, not our corrupt government. Now, I notice that you left out the name of your school. <laughs> so I understand why you did it, but boy, uh, I'd sure like to know where that is. Carrie from California. Uh, Hi, Heidi. I wanted to share how God blessed our efforts to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. My husband and I direct a homeschool co-op in our area. In March of 2020, we went online, but not for too long. Despite Newsom Leaney's orders, <laughs> my husband and I went back in person 
in September. Even though homeschool Karens called the health department on us three times, God protected our community. We also were a mask-free community. It was hard being called names and being reported, but our community stuck with us through it all. God provided everything we needed to protect us and in the process too. Not only did that, only that, but he blessed us. Our community during the scandemic tripled in size. Moms wanted normalcy and we wanted to do that for them. Thanks for encouraging us to get off the bench. So I am encouraged by your stories. I hope that you guys are encouraged by listening to uh, the stories of other people who are just walking this thing out in faith. Remember we said a long time ago, and I'm going to remind you again, the Bible says that our days have already been ordained for us. And so it's not a, it's not an excuse to live recklessly, but rather it is a reason to live fearlessly because we don't need to live in fear. So I really appreciate all of your stories. You can send those to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. All right, Carly in Montana, I'm going to get right to your questions today. Hi, Heidi. I am on a one year one, uh, year two, rather, of homeschooling my girls. They're 11 and 13. I absolutely love it so far and wish I could have done it sooner. My question is how to homeschool high school. Some people in my homeschooling circle put their kids in Penn Foster for high school. This is secular, and I would like to give my kids a Christian school experience all the way through. I have one college-bound kid who wants to have a family. How do you homeschool through high school? All right. So, so many ways that you can do it. But the the first thing I just want to say is uh, it's not as hard as you think it is. There are lots and lots of ways to homeschool kids through high school. A huge part of what we do here at the Homeschool Resource Center is give parents access to things that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise. So if somebody came in here and said, man, Heidi, we've decided that we don't want our kids in the public school anymore and we're going to homeschool the kids, but I just... I don't want to teach chemistry. I haven't thought about algebra in, you know, 50 years or whatever it is. Uh, we've got an algebra tutor here. So I'm a huge fan of banding together with the community, finding out friends who have certain gifts and talents and abilities, and then writing out a course for success. So I have taught on this, homeschooling through high school, for years and years out on the road. I've written about it extensively. And in fact, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and uh, find out or click on the tab for speaking. There are lots and lots, probably dozens of workshops that I have taught over the years that you can download. I would encourage you to find a homeschool cooperative. There's a million different ways to homeschool your kids through high school. It doesn't have to be as hard as everybody tells you it is. And frankly, your worst day of homeschooling your kids is going to be better than their best day in the public indoctrination center known as the government school. So I would just encourage you to do that. And then go to a homeschool conference. Uh, Conference season is coming right up. I'm going to be at Teach Them Diligently. I'll be in Lansing, Michigan for the Inch conference this year. I'm really looking forward to being back at that. I'm going to be speaking twice for my friend Ken Ham at the Answers Center at Answers in Genesis at the Ark Encounter. And we're going to be talking about all of these things. Homeschooling, uh, really, there are so many uh, advantages and so many opportunities for people who homeschool through high school right now that they really have taken all the excuses out of it. So I want to just encourage you, hang in there. Don't get overwhelmed. That's the main thing. Find other people who are homeschooling through high school in your area and put your heads together. Anonymous from Indiana, please give specific details on how to find out exactly what curriculum is being taught at your child's public school. All right. So the first thing you do is you can go, just go down to the, to the administration office and say, I would like to see what curriculum you guys are teaching for. And then whatever it is, if, it, if it's math, if it's history, uh, especially if it's sex education, definitely find it. They have to give those things to you, especially if you live in that district, because your tax dollars are funding that curricula. So 
Um, that's what I would do. I would just go down to the school administrator and say, hey, um, I'm looking for, and you go in there specifically, right? You're not going to say, give me all your curriculum, or you're going to drive home with a truckload of curriculum, and they're probably not going to give it to you. But if you if there were specific things that you were curious about, like I said, I would start with uh, sex education. I would absolutely want to know what they're teaching for science. I'd want to know what they're teaching for health. I'd want to know what they're teaching for history. Those are the main things that I would be interested in knowing. And you should be able to get that by simply going down to the school administration office and asking for it. Uh, Andrea in Canada. Heidi, thank you for your podcast. You're welcome, Andrea. Praying for you guys up there in Canada. Is there anything we can do as Canadians to voice our concerns with the proof of vaccination requirement to enter the United States? Could we write a level of government? If so, where would that be? Sincerely, a cold Canadian wanting to enjoy the Florida sunshine. Uh, I think a lot of us want to enjoy the Florida sunshine right now, but more than that, we want to enjoy the Florida governor which is Ron DeSantis. So uh, that would be, uh, that's a good reason to come down here. Listen, I would be uh, contacting the state representative. So where's the port of entry? And I don't know which um, which province you're coming from. I would be looking at the port of entry state, whatever I was going to, and I would call there and say, can I get an exemption? I have a feeling, because I have another friend who did this recently, that you can apply for a medical or religious exemption. And as long as you have a COVID negative test, they shouldn't you shouldn't have any trouble getting across the border. That's what I heard. Of course, it changes every day. And uh, this this podcast is being recorded three days in advance. And in three days, the world might be on fire. So I don't know. But that's what I would start. I would go to the port of entry at the state that you are coming into and see if, if there is a, a form that you can fill out for an exemption for the vaccine. Because we are able to travel all over the United States without proof of vaccination. So I don't understand there has to be a way around them requiring you to have a vaccine to enter into the United States. So I've talked many times on this podcast about CRT, the curriculum choices of school boards and woke books found in libraries across the entire nation. Many of you have asked about alternative library choices. And if you've never heard of the Tuttle Twins, you are in for a treat. The current political and economic climate is coming to a critical tipping point and socialism's popularity is on the rise. And so educating our kids about freedom is more important today than it's ever been. For more information about the Tuttle Twins and to take advantage of special discounted offers, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Tuttle Twins. Teresa from Nebraska, following up on a question that you asked recently. Hi, Heidi. Hi again. Thank you for reading my question on this week's episode. I think it was a two-part question. So you did answer the part about the fear of pulling my kids out and causing the government to go after homeschoolers. Thank you for addressing it. I was wondering also, though, if you think it's even worth time to speak at our local school board meetings, or is it just a fight that's not worth our energy? I think it's always worth your energy. The public schools are not going to go away. They're always going to be there. And unless and until something drastic happens, they're always going to be hurting our, hurting the children. Uh, that attend them. And so that while there are good people there, the forces to push these agendas against your children are absolutely present all the time. So I never think it's a waste of time to stand up on behalf of the children. Now, if you're going to ask me, do I think I should leave my kids in the school and try to fix it? My question would be, ain't nobody got time for that. If, if, you, uh, if, you, if it's within your power at all, Take your children out of public school. Figure out a way that you can educate them apart from the government school system. But I don't think it's a waste of energy at all 
keep the issues in front of the school boards. Keep coming back over and over and over again. You know, I've been going to school board meetings for a long, long time. And uh, I'll tell you what right now. These guys need to hear from parents who are concerned, whether your kids are in the school district or not, they need to hear that you are going to be holding them accountable, that you're never going to be quiet until this thing is fixed. And in the meantime, if you've got children in the school, uh, I would encourage you to pull them out. Robin in Wisconsin. Heidi, I live in Wisconsin. And last week, the school district in my city announced their policy on LGBTQ issues. All school district staff will honor the choice of the child regardless of the parent's wishes. Which brings me back to Robin in Wisconsin. Pull your children out of public school. Oh, this is so frustrating. They don't even need to inform the parent if the student wants to change their pronouns or to request books or resources to learn more about. This is kindergarten through 12th grade. So this is... uh, This is happening in Wisconsin. So what Robin has just done is solidified my very strong belief that the schools are not safe places for children, that they would go against the wishes of a parent is absolutely ridiculous to me. And so uh, I would be fighting that with everything that's in me. Haley from Mississippi. Heidi, I'm wondering what you think about listening to music from Bethel, other similar groups, if the songs are biblically sound, when the churches teach false doctrine. This is something I've been very convicted about for quite some time. We've been searching for a new church home for several months, and we finally found one that we love and felt like the Lord led us there. But then they used music from Bethel and Elevation. The teaching is wonderful and biblically sound. I wanted to know what you think about listening or worshiping uh, using music from these groups. Also, I'm homeschool mom. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, Haley. All right, Haley. So this question comes up a lot here at the show. I think I've talked about this before. This is where the importance of good... Um, teaching comes in, right? So if if you were to hear a song that was pushing bad doctrine or bad theology, then that would be one thing. I had a, a pastor on here one time who had a little bit different take than me. The bottom line for me is I can sing those songs. Some of my favorite songs come from Bethel. There's a song called The Goodness of God. I cry every time that song plays. I love it so much. Um, there's a few, I don't like Elevation Worship so much, but I really have liked a lot of songs that have come out of Bethel. I've liked a lot of music that has come out of Hillsong. I think that we have done ourselves a disservice by ignoring the songs of the Christian faith that are really, uh, a lot of our modern day churches were built upon. You know, the hymns, I'd like to see us going back and, and singing more of those and teaching them to our children. But if I was at a biblically sound church, I can't imagine that a biblically sound church would use worship that had lyrics that wasn't, that weren't sound. And so that would be the first thing I guess that I would say about that. Um, yeah, that'd be the, the first thing I would say. And so there will always be this, it kind of comes back to, you know, do you buy groceries at a grocery store that's owned by, you know, some guy that's promoting the un-LGBTQ agenda. Well, I, I probably would, you know, I, um, we are in the world, but we're not of it. So we need to be wise, uh, discerning, right? So that we don't make mistakes that are um, critical to our walk with the Lord, right? And so understanding theology is sort of where that starts. It's probably worth noting also that my husband, Jay, was a worship pastor for many years, and we have an incredible love of music in our home. And, uh, these are not sin issues. I have, I know friends that are, uh, that differ with me on, on, uh, how they feel about the music that comes from these places, because they would say that if you have, you know, Bethel music playing in your house and your kids hear it, that they're going to look up Bethel worship and they're going to be drawn into Bethel's theology. 
that hasn't been the case in, in our family. This is why you teach your kids to be discerning. Teach them the word of God, and then they won't be tossed, as the Bible says, by every whim of doctrine. Gail from Oregon. My daughter will be graduating from high school soon, and the career she wants will require a college degree. I'm looking at colleges that offer her a major, and I want to help her choose a school based on protecting her as much as possible from progressive and uh, and leftist ideas. Are there any resources that address how progressive a particular college is, some kind of woke scorecard? The solid Christian schools that I have looked at, like Liberty and Cedarville, don't offer her major. Uh That is a really great question, Gail, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't have an answer. I don't know. So if anybody who's listening to this knows of something like that, and if there isn't something, this would be the time to make it. You want to make some money on a website? Yay, capitalism. Uh, Start scoring these colleges on a scale of 1 to 10 for wokeism, and I bet you you're going to get a lot of web traffic, get yourself, take out some ads, and pretty soon you're making a living. So uh, let me know. I'm sure I'll hear back by this time next week. Hopefully, Gail, I'll have an answer for you if there is one. In the meantime, the questions are pretty simple. I mean, I'd be calling and just saying, how do you guys feel about LGBTQ issues? Where, what's your stand on the 1619 Project? How do you feel about revisionist history? What do you think about comprehensive sex education? Do you guys teach politics here at the school? And what is your bent? I would ask, um, make yourself a list of those questions and then call and find out. Sarah from Texas And I think I have time for one more today. So this will be it for today. Hi, Heidi. As soon as I heard you read another mom's question about wanting to homeschool, but her husband has potentially terminal cancer, I knew I needed to reach out to you. I want to give that mom some encouragement since I am in a similar position. We have been homeschooling our three children for the last three years. In December of 2021, my husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I have since become his primary caretaker. Homeschooling has been and will continue to be the best a decision that we could have ever made for our children. And I do not regret that decision, even now that we have added cancer treatment to our schedules. Homeschooling, homeschooling gives so much needed flexibility and allows for quality family time, which are both much needed right now. So take heart, Mama. Even if you are feeling convicted to homeschool, follow the nudge. Place God at the center of all that you do and your schedule will work out. I've seen it work firsthand. Please know I'll be praying for you as I know this is a tough place to be. Wow. So I love, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for sending that. It's just an encouragement to me uh, to see you guys reaching out to each other via sending letters to me on the podcast and just knowing that the Lord is at work. He is always at work. And as I wrap up this Monday edition, I want to remind you that God's word is true. And no matter what happens around you, and certainly I'm experiencing this every day uh, as I'm running for the United States House of Representatives and the challenges are immense and the issues are enormous, there is a blessing in following God. There's a blessing in following God. There's a blessing in obedience, recognizing that you belong to him no matter what uh, what stage you find yourself at in life. I'm going to uh, end today with the same verse that I started with out of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Now, who would want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. And then if people speak out against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than suffer 
for doing wrong. I hope you guys have been encouraged by the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, or you can scroll down in the show notes today. Your gifts are very much appreciated. You can become a monthly supporter of the Heidi St. John podcast, and we would be very, very thankful for your partnership. It's more important now than it's ever been that we have opportunities to get the word out and encourage as many people as we can, even as we see the day approaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.